All right. So my name is Rick Napier. I'm the CEO at 321BizDev LLC located in Sacramento County. I uh, used to work as a corporate sales manager in Los Angeles, San Francisco, and Sacramento. And I sold group health care insurance and started 321BizDev because I identified uh, a training need for small business owners that were, you know, starting their businesses. And, uh, and it was a long story short, you know, I wrote a sales manual called Selling Without Appearing to Sell. And the the sales system that we developed has helped a lot of people. I think I counted probably up to maybe 100 people in the last eight years, some small companies, some small business owners, CPAs, dentists, and other people that own small businesses. But this forum, Digital Networking Sessions, was created because the traditional networking groups, and sometimes, I hate to say it, the Chamber of Commerce does, or do, do they do not do a good job in helping small business owners uh, connect, nor do they provide a lot of, um, I think, important training that small business owners need to uh, have access to. As a former corporate executive, when I was in corporate America up to about early 2000s, the company paid $12,000 for me to go to this um, uh, sales executive uh, training class. But then when I went to independent mode, I discovered that many small business owners and people who are in sales, which means you're moving a product or service from one person, from yourself to another person, didn't have access to that. Now that training is $25,000 through a company called Corn Ferry. That's cornferry.com with the K. And Corn Ferry purchased Miller Hyman, which was the company that I had the training through. So I would like to start with um, Cherry Frame. She is a uh, semi-retired or retired registered nurse out of Oklahoma. She used to live about 30 miles from me and then she moved to Oklahoma about uh, almost maybe a year and a half ago, two years ago. So Cherry, please introduce yourself and you got about two or three minutes to talk about what you do and uh, maybe how we met. Okay. Um, I was a registered nurse and I actually had a contract with the state of California to do some geriatric care management for them. And I realized that working with the state, I didn't work for them, work with the state was not necessarily a very good proposition. <laughs> but anyway, I decided to get into life insurance. That was really very interesting. But uh, I kept my nursing license until I moved here to Oklahoma in May of 21 and decided that I didn't want to stay in nursing. So I just went ahead and let my nursing license go. So uh, here I've actually added uh, we need and final expense insurance to what I do in the final expense I can do at any state I want to and so it's uh, it's a little different than the other ones but you know it serves a purpose and uh, when you say I'm semi-retired yeah you could say that I uh, I don't go out you know five days a week looking for customers and things I do find them at various places, you know, like church or different meetings that I go to that we have here. 
I actually mm-hmm. met Rick probably around 2011, 2012, sometime in there, and went to some of his classes because they don't teach nurses how to sell. <laughs> and so I was very um, leery of it, didn't know what to do, how to do it, that kind of thing. So he, I went to a class and I thought, wow, he made it sound so easy. And so now I just, I have no problem talking with people and calling them on the phone and talking with them. And so I think anybody who wants to take his course, I think you, it would be very beneficial to you. All right, Sherry, and how can people contact you if they have questions about final expense there in Oklahoma, Metro Tulsa? Okay, my phone number is really easy to remember. It's uh, 918-710-7070. All righty. All right, Cherry, mm-hmm. if you can put yourself on mute, if you want to uh, stand by and hear from Greg and Nicole, um, okay. you can please feel free to do that. So next, I would like okay. to welcome Greg to the digital networking session. Greg is someone that I also know, we were, and we work together in several states. Greg is would be considered an advanced retirement planning advisor. And Greg is gonna talk about uh, uh, some plans that are available to high net worth individuals who may have missed their opportunity to take advantage of 401k plans and other type of employee sponsored uh, benefits. So Greg Marshall, take it away. Well, thank you, sir. And hello, Sherry, by the way. Um, we all were, we all know one another in, uh, uh, in our various financial uh, uh, workings over the years. So it's been a pleasure to work with both Sherry and Rick. And again, about 10 years, I've been in the financial industry, life insurance uh, as well for about 10, 11 years. I live in Northern California near San Francisco and work in a variety of states, several other states other than California, as far as my license goes. And my primary focus is working with small business owners and uh, certain professionals that, uh, like Rick said, maybe missed their opportunity uh, due to a variety of reasons and need a a catch up on some of their retirement planning. And uh, so my main primary focus is providing them with more protection more money and more confidence for the future. All righty, all righty. Can you go into some detail? And I know we had some questions planned out, but uh, go ahead and take it away and just, uh, cause I wanna, I wanna make sure we get Nicole on so she can talk about what she's doing, which is very interesting to me. Um, but go ahead and just run through the, some of the things that you're gonna, we were gonna talk about. Absolutely. So, Life insurance, in short, is about bridging uh, financial gaps or filling in gaps. You've probably driven your car over a pothole or two in your life, (laughs) at night especially, and when you can't see a pothole, that's the problem because you never expect a pothole until you run over a pothole, and that's what a financial gap can do for a lot of business owners because, you know, they're busy entrepreneurs, uh, busy doctors, whatnot, are busy running their business, planning, and and trying to make it all work there's but that but they listen they miss out on a, a great opportunity to start saving money and for many people they don't start until they're in their 40s to really start making those plans and that it, that can become a gap because when you want to try to retire and you are not able to do so 
But a gap can also be, can include a disability. Some things are unplanned. Uh, you know, you get sick or get severely injured where you can't work because a lot of times entrepreneurs are working by themselves or at least running a business, but they are the, you know, the kingpin or hitchpin or the, you know, the main support the backbone of the business that can be problematic if there's no funds to carry on that, you know, to carry that income. And it could also be how to protect a partnership. Uh, you know, if you're in a partner, you know, partners with a business owner, what happens to the other partner? How do you deal with all of the, that, you know, the, the finances with that? And what about a key employee? You know, sometimes there's key employees that they really rely on that they don't have access to. And that can be another uh, factor to protect. So these are some of the little gaps that just uh, through a consultation, usually you can help identify and, and offer some uh, solutions. Did you want me to continue on, Rick, or just want me to just kind of highlight some things? Yeah, because I, I dropped the ball. I didn't pull up my 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 question Q and A. Okay, no, I got it. That's all good. That's all good. So <laughs> one in particular, this catch up. Speaking of catch up, again, for having a four hundred one k is you know great. SEP IRAs, which is a lot of retired or independent uh, business owners often will have a SEP IRA. Uh, but they'll have some other type of investments or whatever. But if you don't have anything in place, again, that retirement planning becomes a little bit more uh, disconcerting because you don't really have the money, you know, the built up over time. Because a lot of people start their 401ks in their, when they're in their 20s, let's say, or 30s. So they have a lot of time to build that up. So there's a plan in particular called Kaizen. Now, uh, Kaizen in Japanese means to do better or continuous improvement. And, uh, but the name is just, they just took that name. And they, but Kaizen is one of those catch up programs that an entrepreneur or a business owner can use, which only takes about 15 years. And they only have to contribute five years to the program. And the program does involve financing or leverage. So the, the purpose and the importance of leverage is like, you know, like a house. You know, you can either buy a $100,000 house with cash or you can buy, take that 100000 and use that as leverage to a $500,000 house with, you know, a 20% down. But the difference between the two, even in a year's time, the $100,000 house will only, I shouldn't say only, but will provide $10,000 worth of, you know, equity buildup through appreciation. The $500,000 house will have $50,000. So by using leverage, you can help. Uh, accelerate those benefits. So when you add money financing, like three to three to one, uh, one dollar, three dollars to your dollar, uh, adding that to a life insurance contract, that can sig significantly accelerate the benefits of that contract. So that way you don't have to wait so long and you don't have to contribute for years to make that, to get those results happen. So that's the one of the value of this program is just because of that acceleration uh, aspect. And if you want me to continue on from that, Rick, and we just kind of go through the whole thing, or did you have, did you want me to? Well, let's, let's talk about the, the last question, question number five, which is, you know, where, where can funds originate to fund the Kaizen plan? Okay. Well, so first of all, to qual, let me just tell you what the qualifications are, and then we can, I can uh, talk about that. So to qualify, you have to have a minimum income of a hundred thousand dollars, or I should say, a minimum household income of a hundred thousand. 
in California and some other states, it's more like 200,000 just because of the price is higher in, uh, for most things in California. Uh, and be between the ages of roughly 21 to 65 and then be in insurable health because the program is based upon a life insurance contract. So health is a, is a factor in that. So the minimum again is 100,000, let's just say 100,000. So in a five year period, that would be roughly $20,000 per year for five years. And then the bank is gonna match that for five years. And then for the next five years, the bank is the only one funding that policy. So in, at the end of 10 years, everything is already is as everything is funded and then so the the contribution can come from well mainly it's either i mean as far as the contribution from the client it's either income or whatever source that they have that's why the income requirements are a little bit higher because you need to have that you know to make sure that you have those in that income for that you know that five-year period so is that what you're asking me as far as where the source to actually pay for that or well, I know some some uh, people that use the Kaizen plan, they may be in startups. They may have sold a house and now they have, you know, 200,000. And we're talking California dollars here, so I hope people aren't. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, <laughs> you, can, you can sell a house in California and, and have $300,000, you know, deposited in your account because the, the house may be valued at a million dollars and you, you've paid on it for 10 or 15 years and now you have $500,000 in equity. But so startups, you know, some venture capitalists use the Kaizen plan. Also, monies can be gifted. You know, if there's a you have a relative that says, hey, here's a you know, here's one hundred thousand dollars. Do whatever you want to do with it. Uh, it could also be inherited. So if you inherit money and you say, my gosh, I am so behind in my 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 401k or my my retirement planning. And voila, you know, Uncle Uncle Ted left me some money. And you know, don't go, don't blow it. <laughs> Put it in the Kaizen plan if you're concerned about retirement funding. But do you have any closing thoughts? And you can also provide your contact information. Okay. Yeah. And one of the great things about the uh, just speaking of the financing, typically financing, you have to go through jump through a whole bunch of hoops uh, to get financing. So when this is bank financing, so. Because the, you're, you're infusing so much money into the policy, the client is, that they use the, the policy as collateral. So there's no loan docs, no sign, no signatures required, no credit checks, no collateral or personal guarantees other than the policy itself, which is a huge benefit. Because a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, through various ventures in their lives, uh, credit is not necessarily always stellar and getting financing for like you say, seed money or equipment or something of that nature is a little more challenging. So with this one, the, the loan process is much simpler. So it's only a five-year contribution. The loan process is very simple, and it only takes a roughly 15 years to to uh, have a 60 to 80% more income than you might otherwise have if you used some other uh, financial vehicle. And yeah, so it really takes, there is a interactive platform available to where people can actually play around with those numbers and say, well, if I put 20,000 there, if I put 30,000, so whatever, like you said, Rick, whatever they, whatever monies they may have available, uh, we can see how, th how that would work. And as long as, again, that source is available for five years, that's kind of the, the qualifier. Uh, and so there's ways of making it all work. And it's, uh, this is, again, just a 20,000 foot overview, of course, but a consultation 
and I, and I do provide uh, 45 minute complimentary consultations. And my number is uh, area code 916-203-9151. Again, that's 916-203-9151. And of course that's specific standard time. And that uh, I look forward to uh, sharing more about that if, uh, for those that are interested. Yeah, and by the way, Greg is uh, licensed in California, Nevada, Oklahoma, Texas, Florida, Minnesota, and Virginia. Did I Correct. get them all? Correct. And soon to be Georgia and Pennsylvania. Yeah, so Never know. There you know. <laughs> all right, Greg, so thanks a lot. But today I want, to, um, I want to highlight, Nicole, if you can unmute yourself, I want to highlight our guest today. Her name is Nicole Kuster, and she has a very interesting background. She was referred by Jessica uh, Macho, who is a registered nurse there in Western Pennsylvania. She's also, and, and Jessica I'm speaking of, she's a, uh, a licensed uh, nursing consultant who works with attorneys to help attorneys review medical records to hopefully achieve higher settlements on legal cases where people have been injured uh, through accidents, malpractice, hospice, you know, um, and hospice is a big one right now. A lot of people are being injured and mistreated in hospice. So without further delay, I would like to bring on Nicole Kuster. And Nicole, can you please introduce yourself and just tell people about yourself because you'll get about like five to 10 minutes. Tell us about yourself. Rick and everyone else. Uh, nice to see you all on here and thanks for having me. Appreciate that. Um, my name is Nicole. I am a registered nurse, as you said, seems to be a theme for today. Um, I've been an RN for almost 19 years and I've been a nurse educator for 13 years. Um, my background is critical care and um, I have a master's and a PhD in nursing education. So I've had a mixed career, uh, bedside nurse and uh, academic nurse faculty. Uh, my most recent, um, but not recent, uh, prior experience is uh, I acted as a chairperson for a small private-based Mercy institution, um, served as their nursing department chairperson for four years, and uh, quickly learned that uh, administration really wasn't my love. Um, I kind of always had that dream of being the full tenured professor, uh, but moving up in the ranks, uh, the more, the higher you go, the less student interaction you have. So my, um, I started my own business. It's called Nursing Student Success, and I work individually with nursing students who are academically struggling um, through their courses or who are preparing to take the national licensing exam and who maybe have took, uh, um, taken and failed the national licensing exam. So that's kind of where um, I'm at right now. I actually still work as a bedside ICU nurse because I feel it's very important to maintain that clinical competence and to know what's going on in healthcare today. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at and um, student success is my passion and that's kind of where the business idea started. So Nicole, I want to thank you uh, for coming on. I do have a few questions for you. And and by the way, if you look, if you go to Instagram, and I think your 
your Instagram is nursing stu underscore student success. Is that correct? Yes. The, Nicole, I mean, I mean, we put it this way. We talked a little bit yesterday, Nicole and I, and I had to drop out of chemistry. I, I feel so bad about that. I had to drop out. But if you go to Nicole's Instagram page, I mean, she has so much information, how she helps nurses with different, with so many different things that, I mean, to me, when I, when I was watching these videos, I was thinking to myself, I mean, you're almost like a doctor. I mean, you are a PhD, but how, 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 how close is your knowledge to what maybe doctors might do? Because when I watch your, your clips on Instagram, I'm thinking medical doctor, medical doctor, medical doctor. Well, that's very flattering of you to say, um, but I wouldn't really say you could compare the two. I mean, experience takes you a long way. So 18 years of ICU nursing experience, you know, learn and see a lot. So mm -hmm. um, definitely not comparable, though, to uh, your average you know, medical doctor. But I appreciate that. Well, you're talking to a person who, like I said, when I was taking chemistry classes, I put those two chemicals in, a, in, a, in, a, in the in the in the wherever you call it, like that's how much I, that's how much I failed chemistry. I can't even remember what the, the, the Petri dish, I think it was called. Yes. And, uh, and it, you know, it just, I didn't make it. So, but here's my question. What are you seeing with the number one, with the nursing students, the, the people, the, the, the men and women that are studying nursing, what are you seeing as areas where they are falling short and maybe not able to advance their, their college? progress? Mm -hmm. So um, two things primarily. Number one, COVID, and we blame a lot on COVID, but students who have been in high school or maybe early college years uh, affected by COVID just really don't have the study skills, the background knowledge necessary to kind of make it through those higher level courses. And then the other aspect of it is confidence. Um, stud the students I work with primarily, um, they, they lack confidence uh, for one reason or another, who knows what that reason might be. Um, but it's really a lot of one-on-one -on -one coaching I do with them, uh, a lot of confidence issues. And still we're seeing a lot of first generation college students even to this day. Um, mm -hmm. I myself am a first generation college student, so I know what that's like. Um, so I really just kind of try to tailor my approach to each each person's individual specific needs, um, which takes some time, you know, to get to know. So we, we do a consultation and I come up with an individualized plan for every single person I work with. Mm -hmm. Now, let's move on to the students who received their nursing degrees and now they're ready to take the NCLEX, the national exam. And I and thank you for telling me yesterday yesterday that that national exam is truly a national exam and it's the same for every nursing graduate in the country. And I thought it was maybe state specific, but thanks for sharing that. What are you seeing the like this the the this, the graduates that take the NCLEX and maybe they don't pass it the first time? What are you seeing as uh, some ob obstacles to their passing that exam? Uh, well, again, primarily confidence is a big thing. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> the other thing is, I think, just lack of test-taking strategies. Um, mm -hmm. Many students are very smart. They typically don't have to study. 
and then they have their face with this national exam they go into it thinking i got this and they're just kind of ill prepared uh for the rigors of it got it got it well how can people contact you if they want to reach out to you to talk about how you can help them with professional tutoring uh using mm -hmm. your your knowledge skill and expertise sure so uh, as you mentioned i'm pretty active on instagram uh, my handle is nursing student success. Uh, I recently just bridged into the TikTok world, uh, despite my best, um, you know, thoughts on it. I thought, well, I'm going to go for this. So I, I am on TikTok as well, have a Facebook page, uh, nursing student success. And, um, those are, I'd say the primary ways you can always message me, uh, through there. Um, the, the, that would be the best way for sure. Alrighty, Nicole. So if you want to uh, hang out with us, we're going to move to an executive sales topic. And I want to thank you for your time and I'll talk about it. So we're going to talk about uh, power. And power is one of those executive sales topics because it's, it's very needed because when people transition from uh, the, the working world to the uh, moving products and services world, and we call that sales, and a lot of times that word sales causes cringe. You know, a lot of um, business professionals, uh, you know, even like myself when I started, or if you're a, if you are an attorney, a CPA, a dentist, a you know PhD, a person that works in medicine, a lot of times you don't feel like you're in sales, but it kind of actually is sales. So when you hear the word power, when we, when, we, when we talk about executive sales, what we're talking about is our ability to take action. And that action is not like, you know, brave heart. It's not something where you're, you know, be pounding your chest or you're, you're, you're running around with a, with a torch, you know, trying to save the world. It's really about, like Nicole said, confidence. So what is prospecting really about? And prospecting is, is essentially making sure that you have enough people to talk to about your products and services. So I always like to start with who likes power. So what if every time you contacted a potential client, you could earn $6,000 or more per year with referrals, how motivated would you be to contact as many people or business owners as possible? So if you are in business, the goal is to you know, hit your goal, hit your targets, hit your revenue goals. And you can only do that if you have enough contacts, prospects. And as we said yesterday, moving people through a funnel, a funnel that starts with contacting and ends with closing and getting referrals. So let's move to this screen. What is power? Okay, power is the capacity to act, the capability to act, and the willingness to act. And I will be able to have this slide on the final product when, when I upload, I'll have this slide available. So if you, if you think about the three, the capacity to act means the facility, for example, the ease, the talent, the quality of being easily performed to produce, perform, or deploy. So if you have a license, an insurance license, a law degree, a nursing certificate, a nursing degree, you know, college or even experience, all this gives you the capacity to do what you need to do. So for a person to have the capacity to act, it means 
he or she has developed or gathered the necessary resources to exercise power. So let's move to capability. Capability is the ability to act, which consists of having the skill, the aptitude, or the competence to carry out the action one wishes to undertake. So the first one, capacity, you can have the license, but if you never use the license, then you don't have the capability. But if you have the license and you have the skill, aptitude, competence, to carry out the action one wishes to undertake, then you have the capability. Now, this last one is called willingness. And willingness, if you haven't guessed it, it's the toughest one because there must be a resolve and a commitment on the part of the salesperson or business owner to act, even if taking action means bearing that calculated risk to act. And what are we talking about? The, big, the biggest willingness risk in trying to build your business or prospecting are being unprepared and the R word, which is rejection. So let's talk about prospecting in more in depth. Prospecting is power such as developing power in like building your muscles. If you go to the gym or if you uh, run, you know, you're, you're working your heart, you're, you're doing, I think we have a spin, a spin cycle uh, person, Nicole does that. So developing power is like building your muscles. The more you prospect, the more power you gain. The less you prospect, the more power you lose. Now, since we we're talking about power, I have to tell you, I have now um, put this information in your brain. So you, you're gonna be kind of uh, in, not, not infected, but affected by, why, by what I'm gonna talk about now. So now we're gonna talk about power. You're gonna say, oh my gosh, I got this power that Rick talked about. And if I use it, I'm gonna gain more. But now that I know about it, if I don't use it, I'm gonna lose it. So power, so prospecting is power, such as when you exercise your power, you increase your power potential, even if the person you're talking to says no. And, that, and that's something that I didn't understand until you know 20 years ago. Just because someone says that they're not interested or no does not mean that you have not exercised your power. What it means that you have taken action to at least communicate uh, benefits and features about your business. So every prospecting attempt gives you more power regardless of what the person says. Now, of course you want the yes, but if the answer is no, or maybe you still gain more power. See, power sits in a neutral space. So right now you didn't know anything about power until today, but it's always been out there. So every potential prospect engagement has one unit of power to receive. So when you're out in public, or if you're, you know, or if you have access to business owner phone numbers, or if you're communicating with someone on like uh, direct messaging format on Instagram or TikTok or Facebook, th these are the opportunities where you can increase your power. Now, here's the thing that that's going to stick in your your mind for a while, and I just want to say that three, two, one, biz dev, we do have a six to nine hour selling without appearing to sell sales system course that we recommend all business owners take. And we will be able to include this power conversation in that six to nine hour class. But prospecting is power. 
well-prepared salespeople, again, regardless of your credentialing, regardless, regardless of your degree, have lots of power. The well-prepared salesperson's success using power is undeniable, which means that you're going you're gonna to achieve the results that you want to achieve because you know about your capacity, your capability, and now you're exercising your willingness power. Now, the ill-prepared salesperson's potential to succeed is at risk because if you don't use your power. The prospect will acknowledge power and will follow your instructions, meaning if you are exercising your power in a sales system, like selling without appearing to sell, or if you have some system that you like, your prospect will say, hmm, Greg seems to have control of what he's doing. He has control of his financial services. Nicole has control over her uh, nursing uh, professional tutoring services. And they can tell because you're exercising your power in a very systematic way. And they will follow your instruction. Now, if you do, do not, if you do not exercise your power, meaning that you're not working out, you're not, and when I say work out, you're not uh, using uh, skills that you have to build your business, but you're kind of like doing trial and error, the prospect will see that, they will know it. And they'll you know, kind of push back and say, oh, I'm not interested. When they say they're not interested, what they're really saying is that they don't see this power that you have confidence in what you're doing. And when you don't have that, that power, the prospect does not respect lack of power and they will not follow your instructions. See, prospecting is power, now the steps to begin building power, and this is the part that when I, uh, now I wrote this myself, but I got influence and inputs from different people, uh, an elder law attorney in Boston, his name is Harley Gordon, and a Silicon Valley engineer that I met when I worked in, uh, Greg, in your area, Dublin, Pleasanton, east of Oakland. I used some inputs from these two people to put this together. Now, prospecting is power, and the steps to begin your building, building your power is number one, you must believe in your product. Because if you don't believe in your product, the person that you're talking to, they, they can sense that you do not believe in your product. The second point is your product must provide unquestionable value, and you must have a system, number three, a system and a plan. So as we close them, I have like five more minutes. I just want to share this with you. Prospecting is power. When I say prospecting, again, I'm talking about the methods that you employ to identify contacts, to talk to them about your business. So believe, will your product do what it is supposed to do without fail? I mean, totally without fail. If you have insurance, if, you're, if you are an attorney, if you're a CPA, Will your product or service do exactly what you're telling your, your patient, your prospect, your student? Will it do what you said without fail? Okay, so that's belief. Value. Will your new clients or your potential clients, your prospect, be better off with your product or service than without your product or service? These two items must be 100% sure in your mind or your or the people that you talk to they won't recognize you have power and then finally 
your plan, does your marketing plan or the method that you are employing to grow your business, your sales system, does it work? So you need all three of these to, to maximize your power. So um, I'm gonna stop right there, but this goes on. If you can tell at the bottom, this is page, well, you can't see it, but you'll see it when I upload it. It's page 57 out of 100. So let me get back to the, um, to the video. So any thoughts on what I just talked about in terms of power? Have, have Nicole or, or Greg, have you seen, I'll let Nicole go first. Have you seen any, have you seen any signs where maybe if you had more power, things could proceed a lot more you know, with more clarity in your business? You can go first, Nicole, if you like. My gosh, I'm such a novice. I don't even know if I can answer that question. Um, I think for me, because my product is me, it's very hard to, you know, say like, well, I'm the best and I'm, you know, you should use me and, and all those things. Um, so letting, letting customers speak for themselves about me has, has been helpful, right? Because mm -hmm. it's very hard to to uh, flaunt your own, you know, flaunt your own stuff. It's it's difficult to do. And, you know, I've been a nurse for a long time. I feel like I shouldn't have a hard time with that, but you know, everyone has imposter syndrome. So I don't know <laughs> that that answers the question, but yes. um, that is something that I'm currently working on. <laughs> excellent, excellent. And Greg, what do you think? Yeah, that's, I mean, I think that's just a human thing that we struggle with confidence and we can be confident in you know a lot of areas of our lives but there's certain things that no matter how many times you do it you still have to muster up you know like going to the gym or work you still got to keep doing it even if you don't you know if you don't want to and that is one of them just the uh, and for me is the uh, prospecting thing and it's not, i don't know if it's really just a rejection thing i just i'm probably impatient is probably more i just don't i let i just want to get I just want to share what I know how to do what I know how to do. And I just want to work with people that see the value mm -hmm. in that. But you unfortunately have to go through a lot of people sometimes uh, mm -hmm. that don't necessarily see the value or don't appreciate, you know, the, the value or the 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 uh, the uh, the skill sets for the education that you can provide them. So I think it's more of a frustration uh, in that regard, because I just don't have the patience to do some. The typical salespeople, they just like, you know, the solar, the, the solar people that run through the neighborhood. I mean, how many people have gone through that neighborhood in the past, you know, year and they think they're going to be the one that's going to get that deal? Maybe they will, but it's just a, it's just a grind. And I don't really like grinding that much. I just like to get down to the business. So I can. So that's with me. It's just I have to be more patient, I guess. And uh, and but really focus more on my on my demographic. And that's. Uh, the demographic I'm focusing on is not necessarily one that I'm, you know, not part. I'm not in that circle, if you will. So making getting my way into that circle is uh, is probably the where I have to build more of the confidence uh, in that particular area. It, it, what Nicole said about the imposter thing: you're dealing with like doctors and high-end folks and this, that, and the other that have a lot of money or whatever, uh, and that. But we think that we I put them on a pedestal when they're really not. They just make a lot of money. They're just like everyone else. But it's just not thinking that you're, you know, like they're high pollutant CPA or lawyer that they're maybe working with. Uh, so that's one of the things. Just have to. So just it's just a process to work through that all the time. Gotcha. Sherry, uh, if you're still there, do you want to add anything to that? If you're still there, you can hit star six 
to unmute? Oh, I just did the unmute on my phone. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, the the prospecting uh, part is, I find it easier to do when you've had a chance to get to know some people in your environment. Mm -hmm. And it builds up other people's view of uh, who you are, especially if they've seen you around consistently. You know, like we've got a group here called uh, City Elders, and it's designed to help uh, protect the, uh, the people who have religious convictions and they want honesty and truth and that kind of thing in all of their, in what we do within the local city in this state, and they, they do it in other states as well. And I find that when I go to that, you know, consistently that I'm finding more and more people who uh, recognize me. And then after a while, they start asking what you do. And then we talk mm -hmm. about it. And so it's, and even at church and different places where I go. So it's become a, a it, 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 like you said, it's a building a relationship first. So. Absolutely. And I want to close by letting people know that you should visit a site called 16personalities.com. 16personalities, plural, um, personalities.com. And it's a site that it's, a, it's like a 15-minute sort of um, self-assessment exam to identify your uh, one of 16 different personalities. And the reason why I bring that up is because in the corporate world, we can only inter interview people who passed a sales assessment exam and it wasn't about you know how to how to add up or how to do something with economics and profit statements it was about do you have the uh the the capacity not capacity but it's do you have the 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 um are you the sales lean toward how your how your brain works that's about the best way i can put it so we could not interview anyone unless they took that exam and they had a certain like score and I know from being in corporate America, everyone is different. Even the people who run companies and the people that you may talk to about your product or service, they don't have to fit that, that assessment on 16personalities.com. But how it helps you as a business owner, you may, need to, you, may need, you may need to know how to shift your conversation to appeal to these people that may be uh, like more uh, amiable or someone who may be extremely aggressive, even if someone is like, you know, considering your service and you say that person, they can afford it, but, you know, but they're aggressive. I mean, not aggressive towards you, but just their, their demeanor is, a is aggressive or the analytical types. Another book to read is by a, a lady. I think her, I think the name of the book is called Silent. I'll get the correct uh, name of the book, but it's about introverts. And just to let you know, my personality style is introvert. You may not believe it, but it is. <laughs> so I just want to close. I want to thank everyone for, for being on the, on the digital networking session today. And we will have another one tomorrow. Jessica will be the headliner. And we're working with Jessica to put her legal nurse consulting business on the same level as the attorneys. Because I think for her, uh, when we first started, she was putting her services slightly below the attorneys as if she needed the attorneys 
to work with her in order for her to be successful when it's actually the opposite i think uh, uh jessica's business is on par because as nicole and i spoke yesterday nurses tend to have a better bedside manner when something is as serious as someone being injured so we will start going that direction but uh thank you for everyone for, thanks everyone for attending and uh, have a great day thank you Rick. thank you thank you nicole and sherry Take care.